G'day everyone, welcome to the ninth installment of the Mongrel Punt podcast. We're recording this on Sunday, just after all the games have basically been cancelled for the year, or not quite just yet. Um, the AFL have been locking, going to be locking people out, apparently, and playing round one with no fans. So, exciting times coming up, a lot of uh, player chatter we're going to hear through the microphones and stuff, and lots of swear words, because that's what they do out there, they're not usually very nice to each other. I'm here, as always, with Mrs. Mungrel, who has dragged herself out of her sick bed today to be here. It's not any sort of bad virus, she informs me. It's just a little bit of illness. I'm dying. I think I definitely have coronavirus. Mm, and I'm sitting about a metre from her. And possibly everything else. Yeah, possibly. Look, she's the master of uh, looking as though she might get up out of bed early in the morning and then waiting for everyone else to get up and then secretly going back to bed and staying there for a couple of hours there's there's no secret about it <laughs> i make no effort to move i just encourage everybody else to get up yep. and leave yeah and then once we're all gone the door closes and uh <laughs> two hours later she emerges and that has been the case today so congratulations mrs mongrel for uh, another excellent effort this morning don't forget my two hour nap this afternoon yes well i was going to let that one slide uh, but uh thank you for leaving me with our three-year-old while i watched the AFLW. <laughs> Sorry, mongrels. Two joys <laughs> at once. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be covering the AFL's stance on the coronavirus. Of course, it's the big ticket item, I suppose, across the board at the moment. I'm neither here nor there on it. I think they're doing a relatively good job, but we'll get into that in a minute. We're going to talk about Eddie Betts getting injured three to four weeks out. If there's anyone who's campaigning for the season to be suspended for three to four weeks, it'll probably be Eddie Betts at the moment. A Gold Coast Suns re-signing with Braden Fiorini putting pen to paper again, keeping him there till the end of 2023, which is a massive win for those guys. And we've got players coming out of contract at the end of this year, which will provide us with a very, very feisty off-season if they don't re-sign in the meantime. So on the site this week, we've got our AFL Round 5 review up there. It was up there on Sunday night. All the writers got their stuff in really quickly, except me. Um, had one to do, so knocked that over. Got our final Mars Series games up there, all done and reviewed. Every game in the Mars Series now, Mars Series has been reviewed up on our site. We've got which players won the Mars Series, which players kind of put their best foot forward and made a name for themselves and probably played themselves into a round one spot with their teams. And we've got the full Mars Series power rankings for members as well, which is our own dev- devising. <laughs> power rankings which is a stats based ranking system so we looked at all the games in the Mars series and ranked the players accordingly and also for members we just put up today our way too early season preview of the opener between the Tigers and the Blues so if you want to become a member what's in it for you Mrs Mungrel? I don't know. Yeah there's a lot of stuff in it for I just outlined it but it's about (laughs) six bucks a month to get most content so if you wouldn't mind jumping on We'd be really appreciative of that because that's how we keep the side afloat. So we might start off with the big ticket item. It's the coronavirus and its impact on the AFL. We've currently got, Mrs. Mungrel, how many cases in Australia? 249. Is that all? 249 249 cases. How many in Victoria? Because that's where we're situated. Oh, I can't remember. Hold on. I've got it. 49. 49. (laughs) 49 out of 249. Come on, Victoria, lift your game. We want to win, damn it. Oh, well, so, 111 in uh, New South Wales, no, so they're, bolting they're smashing us. Yeah, come on. Come on, Victoria. You can do better. South Australia, West Australia, lagging really far behind. Tasmania, are you even a state anymore? Four. Come on, guys. 
So we've got a few models happening at the moment. We've got the AFLW model who are playing games without fans. And that's been happening all weekend, which has been moderately okay. I've watched those games, and without being an idiot about it, we haven't really noticed too much of a difference in terms of viewing. So we've got, I don't know, like really minimal kind of numbers there. I think uh, essential people only, so AFL officials, trainers runners, coaching staff, players, and amazingly some of the players' families have managed to get in there. I think there may have been uh, bookings made, so today GWS girls had more people in the stands at Adelaide than the Adelaide players. So they obviously came down for the game, they got ready, they were, they were already there, and the AFL's given them permission to come in and sit in the grandstand. Only like 20 to 30 people, it's not like a huge amount, but to the point you could actually hear them cheering for their, their side. That's not great against the home team who had no fans there, which was quite funny. So, <laughs> so we've got that model, which the AFL is going to adopt for the men as well, in the interim at least, for round one. And then you've got places like the NBA in the USA who have suspended their season you know, indefinitely. Uh, the Grand Prix's been called off, all that sort of stuff, because the government handed down a mandate that... Was it mandate or recommendation that no groups of over 500 people... I'm not sure if it's actually been imposed or... I think it's from Monday, so by the time you're hearing this... That's right. uh, Most likely, we'll we'll have like a bit of a a regime enforcing no public gatherings. I read something about... I think it might have been on the ABC News or something that um, one official was saying, or maybe even our illustrious Prime Minister was saying he didn't want weddings cancelled on the weekend. Mm, You don't like our Prime Minister, do you? No. What do you think about him? He's pretty rubbish. Yeah, well, they used to say that about Hitler, didn't they? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> You're nuts. Anyway, so the NBA season, they pulled the pin. I believe they were going down the path of having empty arenas and playing in empty arenas. And then two two members of the Utah Jazz were diagnosed with coronavirus. So Rudy Gobert, who was making jokes about it initially, came down with, came down with the virus. So suck that, Rudy. Um, and his teammate Donovan Mitchell both were tested positive. There's been one more player since, I think, who just went out and had like a career-high game. He had 30 points and 11 boards or something. I forget his name. And he was rewarded with a case of coronavirus. So he played against Rudy Gobert. Obviously, they're sweating it up, touching each other quite a bit. Hello, Rudy. <laughs> and he's uh, contracted it as well. So the NBA, they're, they're a couple of months away, three months away from playoffs um, maybe even less, and the finals are usually around June, so I'm not sure where they're headed. The AFL has made the decision to go ahead with the season. I'm not sure how long they're going to get away with this. All it will take would be one player contracting it, and you would think that they would shut down the season. However, news has come out that they're thinking of putting in place a supplementary draft which will allow teams to pick from a pool of players to bolster their lists in case a player contracts coronavirus. That seems smart. Seems smart, although you'd think, ease, that, but... you'd think that in a team environment where they're all training together, they're sitting down, they have, have meals get there. It. If one gets it... Yeah, there'll be multiple. They're probably all going to get it at some stage. Look, I have to say, I, I like the AFL's guts on this. Hmm. When the other... Sporting organisations are jumping at possible shadows, I suppose, and saying, well, this could happen, that could happen. They're saying, well, it hasn't happened. We're going to play. 
and really great for us in terms of content because if they yeah, postpone the season, that would be really, really shit for us. You'd just hear us talking more rubbish than usual. Yeah, well, you know, we've set the bar pretty high for that. <laughs> um, so you've got the, the AFL going ahead with it. Sure, it's going to be in an empty stadium, but I wrote about it today in the preview for Carlton and Richmond. I'm not there to see fan reactions. I'm not there to hear the crowd noise. I'm not, well, I'm not there at all, actually. But I'm not watching to to hear that sort of stuff. I don't care about Trout from Woodend. I don't care about Joffa with his gold jacket. I actually care about what happens on the field. And if they can actually run a competition where the football is the same, but the crowd noise isn't there, I'm not really that concerned. Obviously, I'm concerned I don't want to get coronavirus, but... I think it's really smart that um, what the NBA are doing. Just completely shutting, it shutting down. down their games. Because, I mean, from Australia, 28 cases have been reported to have a direct travel link to the United States, as opposed to 15 from China. Are we still accepting flights from both countries? I have no idea. I think US, we definitely... We are from China as well. I oh looked this morning. Oh my God, of course we are. Uh, someone was sitting at Sydney International Airport and there were 12 flights incoming from China. So, I'm well done. I'm now about the... Flights coming in from the US. Well, look, it's everywhere. We probably should have closed the borders two weeks ago. And actually, you know, someone used to say it's time for Australia to stop being the lucky country and time for us to start being the smart country. And we obviously didn't listen to that person because we're still dumb as shit. Just want to say that I took time off for the start of the AFL season, took time off from my actual job. So if it doesn't go ahead, I'm going to be pretty angry about this. feel like I've wasted my leave considering my work will probably shut down and people will get time off irrespective. So, mm. Would you like some breaking news? Breaking? Is it breaking broken? Breaking news, literally just breaking now. I just got a text from my large government institution telling me that we're closed to the public from Monday. Well, that's because everyone that works there is a bunch of... soft we're soft we are soft well that would mean that my work would be closing down too so thank you victorian government for uh (laughs) shutting down my wife's work she'll she'll be staying home with me now everyone's happy (laughs) (laughs) so anyway as i was saying the the difference between the, the nba and the afl is the afl runs the competition they have clubs like port adelaide and this is not a shot at these clubs at all they're just less financially viable than the big clubs. So clubs like Port Adelaide, North Melbourne, St Kilda, the Bulldogs. I'm going to throw the Dockers in there. I'm not really sure whether they are as well, but they're not one of the big earning clubs. GWS, Gold Coast, but they're pretty much subsidised. They need income. Without it, they're going to be laying off staff, uh, shutting down operations. I mean, they can't just take a hit like this. The AFL said they've got a $60 million well, for lack of a better term, slush fund, that they can use to prop up teams. It's a it's a large amount of money given you know, the, the area that we operate in in AFL. It's not like the NBA where it's a multi-multi-billion dollar industry and they can afford to take a hit. But you don't know how long a shutdown will last for and how long do you pay your staff? How long can clubs afford, afford to it. retain their mm. staff? And that's why I was... I was a little bit against postponing the season because you don't actually know how long you're postponing for. So we could go into this and say, okay, we're going to shut down for four weeks. And everyone thinks, oh, four weeks, we can get by on that, no problem. And the end of the four weeks comes and the virus has either escalated or maintained the same level. 
and then the powers that be say, actually, I, I don't think it's good enough to, to restart yet. Let's wait another three weeks. And in the meantime, the debt continues to accumulate. Websites like ours continue to flounder for content. <laughs> Podcasts continue to talk about viruses and no footy. And people just aren't happy. Um, I suppose the AFL playing group will be pretty resilient to this kind of virus. If your immune system is anything to go by, these are highly conditioned athletes. We're not talking about, you know, old, old Nana Jones down the road who's been smoking for 40 years and gets emphysema. Yeah, but that's that's not the point at all. If you've got a playing group that starts to get a bit concerned, a bit worried, not just about their health, but the health of their loved ones. So anyone with an elderly parent or grandparent, anyone with, you know, someone who's got a compromised immune system anyone who has a pregnant partner they'd all be very God concerned help right now and you'd think you'd think that their concerns would hold a lot of weight if everything is shutting down including you know government institutions to the public then how can the AFL ask their players to keep the one thing that, that did come keep up going was very interesting the AFL floated in, it was apparently it was a leaked document or something to channel 7 because, you know, they're above board and would never, you know, expose a leaked document or something like that. It was around a plan that shortens matches. If they decide to make up games later in the season, they want to have a midweek game so they can actually make up the ones that are lost. One of the proposals is they play shorter games. Now, the AFL's been trying to play shorter games for quite a while now. It gets floated all the time. Oh, we should play shorter, you know, oh, it's easier on the players, so on and so forth. This seems to me like it's a little bit opportunistic to throw this one out there go oh well this might be a good time to play shorter games and see how it goes or is it realistic because honestly if how how much shorter that hasn't been floated so i'm guessing they would take five minutes seven minutes off a quarter cut half time down to 10 minutes and the theory behind it is that it enables a better recovery a quicker recovery so they can play again sooner I don't watch any sports at all. How long do other sports go for in so a game? The, the quarters in the AFL roughly go for about 30 minutes each. So it's two hours of game time. Yep. So if they took five to seven minutes off, you're looking at... If they took seven minutes off, you're losing a quarter of play, basically. Yep. What about, like, basketball? How long does that go for? Oh, for fucking ever. <laughs> <laughs> basketball goes for 12 minutes a quarter. Right. So 48 minutes of game time. But with the timeouts and television timeouts and stuff... The game actually stretches to over two hours. Right. NFL, even worse in the States. With all the stop-start plays, they, they stretch to sometimes two and a half hours. <laughs> so if they actually got rid of the shit and stopped all the rubbish in between those games, it'd be really, really quick. People would think they weren't getting their money's worth. Right, okay. AFL, two hours of solid play. So I reckon that's actually pretty good. Anyway... I actually think the AFL has done a relatively good job to this point. I'm sure it's a very fluid arrangement, and I'm sure as things become apparent, if it changes, as will their plan. So, so too will their plan. Where it changes to, I don't know, but I actually am pretty fearful that at some point we're going to have the season put on hold, and we're going to have probably a late October grand final as opposed to a September one. I think that can be expected. The problem with that is, is that the major venues start taking bookings for cricket around end of October-ish. So all of a sudden, the MCG, depending on how long this is dragged out for, may not be available for grand final day. (laughs) Now, I'm sure they'll work around it. They've got a 40-year deal with the MCG, so they'll work around it. 
but I can just see a little town called Perth putting their hand up and saying, hey, we got this really nice stadium over here. <laughs> it holds 60,000 people. We wouldn't mind uh, seeing West Coast play Richmond in Perth, because that's oh, my goodness. tip for the grand final, guys. Yeah, so so you're there. not suggesting it might be a St Kilda Suns grand final? I know you want it. I just got those two teams right, didn't I? You did. I did, yeah. And that's funny, because you actually think the GWS and the Suns are the same team sometimes. It's, yeah, pretty much. Well, they both got a G in them, so... That's great. We might move on to the Eddie Betts injury. So, poor old Eddie. He had a bit of a bit of an average year last year with Adelaide. He still kicked 37 goals, which sounds like a good year. However, his impact on games was pretty minimal. And I've got a few numbers here to back it up, right? The first number I want to throw at you is 33. That's that, how old he is. Thank you. you how about it. that for some research by me? So, he's 33. Now, Eddie's just had twins in the last couple of years not himself i'm Poor sure <laughs> he'd probably be walking a little bit funny if he did <laughs> but him and his partner have had twins which uh we have a three-year-old how are you how are you, how are you coping with her since i'm sick this is the hardest hardest possible time i don't even know how i'm coping i'm not and how I, would you go with two of her i'd just there'd be one of them left pretty quick the spot <laughs> <laughs> no, there'd be those two left and you <laughs> mm, i wouldn't be coping very well so Eddie's come out and moved over to Carlton. So he was pretty disgruntled at Adelaide, stemming apparently from their infamous camp after the 2017 season. Uh, there were some cultural issues apparently that came to light during the camp. They were a little bit insensitive. That's the report out of Adelaide where they used uh, some I sort of prop or that. something. Yeah. So yeah, he, he wasn't impressed with that. Um, you can question whether his form, poor form stemmed from it or whether that was just him getting old. Who knows? Anyway, he kicked 37 goals in 2017, but it kind of masks what an ordinary year he had because 12 of those goals came against Gold Coast, who really weren't competitive after about the first six or seven weeks. And so that, that takes him down to about 27, 25, because I can't, I can't do subtraction. <laughs> so then you can throw in the fact he kicked the last goal of the game four times. Right, so completely dead. It's like a dead rubber in tennis where you're already leading, you can't possibly lose, and you drop a game, or you kick a goal, you win, or whatever. That makes no sense. But <laughs> he kicked the last goal, damn it. Kicked the last goal, damn it. And <laughs> had it mattered, it would have been great. But really, they were just, yeah, you know, people say, oh, it's an Eddie Betts special, as in it was a fantastic goal. But really, it's low hanging fruit. Oh, yeah, and he was picking a few of them. So that, that was four times that happened. So 15 of Eddie's total goals came in last quarters in 2019. That's normally a good thing because it means you're performing at the pointy end of the game. However, only four of them came in games where the result was still in the balance. So that's 73% of his last quarter goals that were actually meaningless. So Eddie had a bit of a flat track bully about him. You know what a flat track bully is? No. But you have explained it maybe four or five times, but I've okay. forgotten. Well, I won't do it again because I'm hoping everyone that listens knows. No, tell me. Tell me. Flat track bully is someone who goes really, really well when things are going well. And then when things aren't going so well, their performance drops right off. They beat up on the, on the weak teams and against the good teams that are giving the team a challenge, they're nowhere to be seen. So he kicked 25 goals when the Adelaide Crows won. And when they lost, he kicked 12. And they weren't a good team. They didn't win a hell of a lot. They won about half their games, if that. So 
he didn't exactly set the world on fire for those guys. I don't think anything's going to change with a simple change of jumper for Eddie in 2020. He's 33 years old. He's got twins. He's got twins. (laughs) Jesus, the poor bloke. Now, 37 goals, a team would have killed for that. A team like Carlton would have killed for that in 2019. Their best return was from a guy named Harry McKay. Remember him, Mackay McKay? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, we've worked out his name's McKay, so pat on the back to us. He kicked 26, and their other forward, Charlie Ouch My Knee Kernow, he, he teases with form, but he's yet to really deliver more than a couple of times per season. If Eddie was a Band-Aid for this team... I reckon that he's... He's a kid's band-aid. Yeah, and... He's not a full-sized anything. I think think fans are going to feel like a bit of a band-aid themselves. They're going to get ripped off with his performance (laughs) this season. I like that. Uh, He'll probably have a couple of decent performances, and it's a nice farewell for him to to play at Carlton where he started. But I sadly think that old age has caught up with Eddie Betts, and it might be uh, a less than happy homecoming for him this season wanted to touch on a guy named Braden Fiorini, who re-signed with the Suns this week, and he's re-signed until the end of the 2023 season. So over the last probably eight to nine months, Gold Coast has had this rash, it's not, a, not the best um, <laughs> term, Gold Coast have had a rash. They've been to the doctor, they've said it's nothing, don't worry about it, it's got worse. <laughs> but they've had a rash of signings or re-signings. They've had Ben King, who, uh, did he write Stand By Me? No, I don't know. Anyway, oh. so Ben King, Jack Lacocious, Isaac Rankine. Jack Reece- Lacocious. Jack Lacocious, you loved that. Name. You thought his name was Lucocious at one point, didn't Did you? I? Yeah, you liked Probably. it a lot. But it's not. I Isaac it was Rankine. Lucocious King. Lucocious King. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, okay. well, it's obviously not. <laughs> Isaac Rankine, Sam Collins, Alex Sexton. <laughs> Alex Sexton. <laughs> They've brought in Hugh Greenwood and Brandon Ellis. They've drafted Matt Rell, Noah Anderson, and damn Sam Flanders. That's oh, not his right. real name. No, I, I get yeah. it. Okay, yep. thank you. <laughs> and now they've re-signed Fiorini. So he's 22 at the moment. He's led the team in disposals last year, which is a great sign. The better sign is he's actually a Victorian guy. He comes from Greensboro. So the temptation would have been there to at least entertain offers to come back home. But apparently he's, uh, he and his partner are really happy on the Gold Coast and say it feels like home up there. Just want to say, I reckon that teams are now being really, really intelligent about the way they re-sign players. And a guy like Fiorini, they've obviously done a really good job with making both him and his partner feel part of the Gold Coast community. They've had them feel part of like a family at that club. And clubs have really got to get better at making sure they win the partners over. Because, look, if I got offered a job in Western Australia, I'd have to convince you. And if you were happy here, it'd be really difficult for me to convince you to leave. It would be incredibly difficult. And Thanks for the warning. while I'd try it out, I'd also be happy to put my foot down and put the hard word on to leave and go back home if I wasn't happy. But clubs just... I don't know, you sometimes read about the partners of sports people being unhappy where they are and the blame for the move back home is put on them. Well, yeah, they don't want to stay somewhere where they're isolated and miserable and that's hardly their fault. Who would want that? We saw that last year with Tim Kelly in Geelong. So 
there were rumblings out of there for a long time that his wife wasn't pleased with the way, I suppose, they were accepted into the community and they accepted into the club. She made a public statement at one point, and it would have been through social media because that's how everyone makes public statements, around how she feels very unsupported by the club. And, you know, they had a sick child and I think they got a a little one with, with some issues and she wanted to be home with family. And so after the first season there, Tim Kelly requested a trade. They couldn't get the deal done, so he had to stay an extra year. I'm pretty sure that would have really pissed her off. It would have massively pissed her off. But uh, also... Happy wife, happy happy life, it's, Tim Kelly. They're kids. Yeah. It's their kids. And if it is a family thing, then, you know, there's a lot of support that goes into raising kids and a lot of, you know, you know, want to know about good schools and doctors and basically community support. And if none of that is there... Why would partners stay? And if you're not in for the long haul, it's going to be really hard to to kind of convince them once they have that stance as well. So they're like, oh, look, I don't want to stay. I want to go home to family. I don't like the schools. I don't want to stay. And they're like, oh, but yeah, we'll get better teachers. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the teachers. It's the other kids usually. They're sucky. <laughs> anyway, so this kind of leads us into our next point. So we've got a whole host of names here that are coming out of contract at the end of this season. And I'm going to run through a few. There's a couple I'd like to expand on. But uh, I won't expand on all of them because that would just be silly and would take us forever. So the first one, we'll go through alphabetical order of the teams, not the players, because I would have got very confused. So we've got uh, Brad Crouch, who's who's a restricted free agent. Before we start, actually, I'll tell you what the terms are, because I've got a list here and I've got little initials next to them. That'd be helpful. And I'm sure you're looking at it going, what the hell does that mean? Well, I figure that um, OOC is out of contract. Fantastic. Because you also wrote that in one of them. There we go. In full. <laughs> so RFA is restricted free agent. Right. So what that means is that they've served a certain amount of time in a club. They can accept offers from other teams and their original team can actually match that offer and keep them. So then UFA is unrestricted, unrestricted. free agent. They can go anywhere <gasps> they like. How smart I am with all my sports knowledge. And I would like to say that it's true free agency in as much as they leave and then that's it. However, the AFL has a system in place where teams get a compensation pick if a high-profile player leaves or a former high-draft pick. So it's not true free agency. It's it's free agency with an asterisk. So that seems oh, weird. Look, I, I think that free agency was brought in with the, the thought that, well, if a, a lowly team has a very low salary cap, they can offer big money to get big-name recruits to the club. Hasn't quite played out that way, particularly with, uh, I'd say, Gold Coast. So the first season, or um, probably a couple of seasons into free agency, they lost their two captains, Stephen May and Tom Lynch. So Tom Lynch signed with Richmond and became basically the poster boy for free agency, going, look, I left, I left Gold Coast. And just walked down here, had a wonderful season and won a premiership. You can do it too! And uh, Gold Coast, you know, will get. I think they get a, a compensation pick for him or something, but you'd much rather a player of Lynch's calibre should he want to be there. Mm. Anyway, so Adelaide has Brad Crouch as a restricted free agent, Rory Atkins as a restricted free agent, and Elliot Himmelberg, who was out of contract after this season. Himmelberg's brother plays up at GWS. And one of our readers has constantly pointed this out to me that he would love to see Elliot Himmelberg head back to New South Wales and play with his brother. Uh, in, in terms of Rory Atkins, 
I don't think Adelaide are going to be matching any offer for him. I couldn't see them... If he was offered substantial money somewhere else, they'd be helping him pack his bags, I reckon. Then you've got Brad Crouch, who... They're saying that he is interested in a deal worth about a million a year. I too am interested in a deal <laughs> worth a million a year. If they're floating around, throw a couple our way, please, Adelaide. Uh, we'll we'll do whatever, and I mean whatever. <laughs> he really will. Well, I, I don't think he'll sign for that much in the end. Uh, had he gone to, or if he gets an offer from Gold Coast or something, he'd be wonderful for them. Adelaide will probably end up picking him up for about seven fifty, I reckon, a year, which is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, I'd still take that deal. Adelaide, give me a yell. For Brisbane, Steph Martin is the restricted free agent up there worth talking about. They've actually done a really good job managing their list to the point where he's a 30-plus ruckman and has made a home for himself up in Brisbane. I think they'll match whatever bid comes for him if they don't re-sign him in the meantime. He's been fantastic up there. Looks like an absolute beast again this year. I don't know if you've seen this guy. Your homework this week is to look up pictures of Steph Martin and just ogle him. <laughs> oh and then, my God. and then I'll stick what a my husband head. I have. I will stick my head on his body, and you can ogle him even more. <laughs> so at Carlton, we've got Ed Kernow, brother of Charlie. Just so you know. Thank you who's an unrestricted free agent. So too is Cade Simpson. So too is Mark Murphy. So too is Levi Casbolt. So too is Matt Cruiser. While you've got Matthew Kennedy, Nick Newman, Williamson and Setterfield all out of contract. The ones I want to talk about are Levi Casbolt because he's been a bit of a whipping boy for Carlton for quite a while. And they kind of found a little niche for him in defense last year. And he was actually really, really good in that role. They've been playing him forward for years and look, he's he wasn't exactly a high draft pick or anything like that, but the expectations on him were quite quite unreasonable, I think. And so people like Casbold get rid of him. They've re-signed him for a year, or he's been on the books anyway, but he's unrestricted at the end of this year. He could do well somewhere else where so much responsibility isn't on him. And it's not as though Carlton don't have some pretty good defenders as it is in Weedering, Liam Jones. He'd make a really good third intercept defender, but I'm not sure they'll play him down there. Probably too big. Uh, Matthew Kennedy, he was brought in from GWS, I think, and was supposed to be this really good midfielder in the making to back up Patrick, Patrick Cripps. And it just hasn't happened. He's had a... I'm going to use this again. He's had a rash of injuries. <laughs> And hasn't really got his legs under him. He had a bit of a trial up forward last year and looked okay, but he hasn't really hit his straps. Over to Collingwood, the big ones there, there's there's actually a few that are out of contract. The only unrestricted free agent they got is Ben Reed, and I think this will be his last season anyway, so that's no worries. But out of contract is Darcy Moore, Jordan Dugowie, Mason Cox, Brody Majacek, and Rupert Wills. So Moore and Dugowie are going to get a heap of attention from other clubs. There'll be negotiations ongoing with them. Obviously, Brody Grundy got a seven-year deal from Collingwood. And if you're Dugowie, given your capacity to impact games and possibly be a match winner, if you wanted security, you could push for five to six, maybe even seven years as well. Darcy Moore, probably similar. There'd be teams willing to part with that sort of money and that sort of commitment but he's got hamstrings made out of old elastic bands. And 
I, I wouldn't be committing for seven years. It'll be interesting to see what Collingwood offers him. 20s, late 20s, early 30s? Uh, Darcy Moore. Yeah. He'd be about 23, 24. Oh, no. Mm, so, so his hamstrings are rubbish and he's that young. He's He's had issues with him for two years straight now. He just seems to, at least twice a season, just get a, a little nick on him or something and it, it just you know, sits him on the sidelines for three to four weeks. So he's a bit of a risk. He's mm. been sent to Germany. Because apparently they, they invented hamstrings in Germany. <laughs> of course they did. They know did. all about him over there. Send him over there and get him a new one. Mason Cox, he's a very interesting one too because since that that huge 2018 game, he hasn't done a hell of a lot. He got an eye injury last year. Someone poked him in the eye. Apparently they got a ladder out, jumped up and <laughs> poked him in the eye. Um, so there was rumours end of last year that Essendon was interested in him. With him out of contract, anyone who's out of contract must be traded for. Just so you know, you can't just walk. Okay. Brody Majacek, very old school centre-half forward. I think he'll get a decent payday, and I think it'll be with Collingwood. He looks really settled in their system. The other one's Rupert Wills, and Rupert Wills, he was a, a fringe player, and I reckon he's he's kind of played himself into Collingwood's best 22 because he plays a defensive midfield role. Now, Collingwood have players that can win the ball, win the ball, win the ball all day long. Rupert Wills will have a crack, but he'll also tackle people to the ground. So, very valuable, but I'm not sure he's worth big coin, especially, the, I think he's 26. Essendon has, uh, of course, Joe Danaher, who everyone loves. Mustache man. Mustache. He looks like a, a, a string bean with a mustache. And he's, he's... great. He looks, he looks like a World War II pi- English pilot. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Well, someone shot him down because oh. might have hit him in the in the groin because <laughs> he's been having a lot of trouble there. So he's out for however long. Again, he's a restricted free agent. Sydney, assuming they're not gun shy by the fact that he's hurt all year again, might make a bid for him. And if they do, it'll be up to Essendon to either match it or let him go. I think if he goes, they get they get a pretty decent pick in return. So. Might be best for them if he flies the coop. The other one out of contract at the moment is Andy McGrath, who had a really good preseason. He'll re-sign sometime during the year. You couldn't see him getting to the end without a contract. Sean McKernan, another one out of contract, but I think he'll re-sign as well. Essendon's the best spot for him. He's got a lot of chances there. Over at Frio, you've got Brennan Cox, who's being tried in defence this year, I believe. Had a really good outing in the Marsh series as well. And he'll probably end up re-signing with, with Frio. Cam McCarthy, out of contract. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I'm not sure he's worth what he's getting at the moment. So maybe a bit of a downsized contract for him. And Lockie Schultz, the sergeant. Ugh. You like that, don't you? No. Anyway, yeah. keep going. If he plays with Jesse Hogan, it's going to be great. Actually, that will be great. Yeah. And when he calls for it, he's like, Hogan! <laughs> Kick the ball to him. Be fantastic. But he's out of contract too. So he's just really started to make inroads into that team and might get himself a nice little payday. Over in Geelong, Brandon Parfit, out of contract. Hasn't come on probably to the extent that Geelong thought he would and might end up being a bargain re-signing for those guys. Jack Henry is also out of contract. And I'd be really pushing to re-sign him. He's going to be a defensive pillar there for years. Of course, you've got Gary, our friend Gaz. 
Hmm. He's out of contract and most likely will be his last year. Harry Taylor, unrestricted free agent. James Parsons, James Parsons, excuse me, out of contract and I'd be letting him walk as well. Uh, Tom Hawkins, unrestricted free agent. He'll resign with Geelong because he's Geelong through and through. His dad played there. You know, he loves the place. And Zach Tui out of contract as well. He'll resign at Geelong. Gold Coast, surprisingly, don't have a lot of people coming out of contract of note. Jared Harbrow, who is a best and fairest winner there, is unrestricted, but he made the choice to go up to Gold Coast, and I reckon he's in for the long haul. He'll resign with them. Pierce Hanley, pretty decent defender. He'll resign with them as well. He's out of contract. GWS will have the Vultures circling this year. They've got Jeremy Cameron, who's a restricted free agent, and there's already been talk about Geelong being after him and Essendon being after him. Now, he can get big offers. They want to re-sign him before the end of the year so that prevents any of these offers coming in. Cameron's apparently a bit of a country boy, loves the laid-back lifestyle. He doesn't like the, the, the contract negotiations and stuff, so he's probably just handballed it to his manager and said, go for it, let me know how you go. And <laughs> Don't send me to the city. <laughs> yeah, keep me where some good fishing. <laughs> so they're going to come hard for that guy. Another one is Zach Williams, who is at heart a midfielder, but GWS are just so well stocked in the midfield that he's playing off half-back usually. Due to injuries last year, he was thrown into the middle and he thrived. So the big club's looking at him saying, hmm, we can give him time in the midfield. We can give him what he wants. And he's, he's at the peak of his powers right now. Do we offer him very good money and see if GWS matches it? If he wants to come to us. They've got Isaac coming. Don't laugh. Out of we got someone told me last week we could get an M fifteen rating if you keep this up. <laughs> and and I'm behaving myself. You are. It's because you're sick. <laughs> Isaac Cummings out of contract. Jackson Hately is out of contract. Hasn't signed an extension to his rookie deal, which is really interesting. Matt DeBoer's out of contract. He'll stay there. And Zach Langdon didn't do himself any harm at all with his preseason. He's out of contract as well. The Hawks unrestricted is Ben Stratton. And Isaac Smith, I think Isaac Smith might go. He's been with us for ages. If anyone tells me again he's a really good set shot for goal, I might punch him right in the head. Because every time someone says that, he misses, inevitably. He's a good headshot for goal? Set what? shot for goal. He's not a headshot. <laughs> if, he, if he hit people in the head, I'd be As much I more inclined to it, say it I like didn't, him. didn't sound right to me. But... Yeah, they've got Paul, Paul Puopolo as well, who... I think he's worth much more to Hawthorne than anything they could have ever got for him in a trade. He's now unrestricted, so I wouldn't be surprised if he tries his luck somewhere else. Uh, I'd love him to stay at Hawthorne, but I don't know that he will. Over in Melbourne, Bailey Fritch, out of contract, playing really good football in the preseason. I think he'll have a really good year for them and will cost him a bit of money with his next contract. Uh Jay Lockhart is another one who's showing plenty for the Ds. He's out of contract end of the year. And Jack Viney is a restricted free agent, but I reckon they re-signed him during the year. He gets a nice little, uh, nice few notes in his wallet, and he'll be pretty pleased with himself. Nathan Jones, unrestricted, but he bleeds red and blue, and he'll, he'll finish his career there. North Melbourne, Ben Brown. Out of contract, end of this season. Ooh. Yes, we spoke about this last week. He wants a four-year deal. North Melbourne are offering him three. And he's not too pleased about it. I think they'll come to terms. He'll get a four-year deal. 
and people will wonder why the hell there was this posturing in the first place. He's yeah. well worth it. Because great job pissing off your star. And the Number only person really everybody knows. <laughs> Everyone knows Majak. Oh, yeah. Who's also unrestricted. But I would say he'd be a very, very big risk given the the extent of the injuries that he incurred yeah. last year. So I think he, if he resigns, he'll resign with North. Um, over at Port, Sam Pepper is out of contract. Sounds like a nice condiment, doesn't he? He does. He'd sprinkle him over some chips and go, hey, this is better than Perry Perry. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so he's out of contract. And I think a lot of what happens with him will depend on his form this year. There was a bit of talk about trading him last year and Port were reluctant. He's still on the books. I think someone was talking about a straight swap for a Razio Fantasia. I'd get rid of him in an instant. Uh, but it didn't go through and Sam Pepper looked really good in the preseason. I reckon he's playing for a big contract. He'll have a rip in year. The other one's Willem Drew. Willem Drew's out of, con- out of contract. He hasn't signed an extension or anything yet and... If teams are looking at a genuine stopper, I think they could do a lot worse than having a look at him. I think Port might start realising what they have in him this year. Over at Richmond, Basher Hawley, unrestricted free agent, will re-sign with them, has made his name with Richmond and is a fantastic servant of that club. I don't see him playing anywhere else. Jack Graham is out of contract and depending on whether he can force his way into this side on a regular basis, he may look elsewhere, who knows. Toby Nankervis... Is another one who's out of contract. Uh, he's basically entrenched in the ruck at Richmond. I can't see him leaving. And Ryan Garthwaite is an interesting one because they have a few young defenders and young talls coming through who may surpass him, and he might look elsewhere for a bit of uh, opportunity. Only a few teams to go. Are you still awake? Oh, look, I'm, I'm here. I'm oh, here. Good, good. I'm just, just making sure. <laughs> I can see you looking at your phone. Always a good sign. Uh, I've got your list up. Oh, good. <laughs> at least it wasn't it wasn't pictures of Steph Martin. <laughs> so over at St I Kilda, Jack Loney is I think he kicked four twice in the in the um, preseason. He's out of contract. They'll re-sign him. Jack Steele is their big one, I reckon. He's developing into a fantastic defensive-minded midfielder who could be what Elliot Yo is to West Coast eventually. If not sooner. Uh, Shane Savage out of contract. He'll be touch and go whether he gets another run. Zach Jones is out of contract says on this list and I don't even know what to say about that. But Jake Carlisle is one who's out of contract into this year. He may be under a little bit more pressure than he's had in the past because he's now got our friend Dougal. Dougal Hauser. Dougal Hauser. He's there at, at St Kilda as well and I reckon it puts pressure on the position that Carlisle occupies, which has always been a walk-up start for him, and now there's someone else that can play that role. He's going to have to earn his spot. In Sydney, Josh Kennedy's an unrestricted free agent. He'll re-sign with Sydney because he's just that sort of bloke. George Hewitt is a guy who's out of contract, and he he can go either way. He can either really improve his value this year, or he's going to end up a bargain signing for Sydney, re-signing. He's kind of on the cusp of becoming a really good player and then takes two steps forward and one step back. So towards the end of the year, he had a a really horrible game. Didn't really offer much support for Josh Kennedy. And you can't, that that midfield can't keep leaving it to Josh Kennedy. He's like 112 years old. (laughs) For West Coast, 
you got Jake Waterman, who's out of contract. He's really interesting because I've floated on our page around him or Oscar Allen. They kind of play a very similar role as the third forward. Jake Waterman, good good kick, nice mark. Oscar Allen, good kick, nice mark. They're playing the same role, fighting for that spot. With Waterman coming out of contract, we'll be able to see who West Coast value a little more. I think if they offer Waterman a contract, he accepts. There's got to be a role there for him. It can't just be a wait and see. Josh Kennedy, the West Coast version, is unrestricted. If he goes around again, he will definitely be a West Coast Eagle. Mark Hutchings is interesting because unless West Coast play a tagger, Hutchings doesn't really have a role. And when he plays up forward, he's he's kind of just there. When he plays in defense, he's kind of just there. When he's given someone to chase around and harass, Steel side bottom, third best name in the AFL, would tell you that he's a hard man to get rid of. He's shut side bottom down several times. Then you've got Shannon Hearn, unrestricted free agent, and Will Schofield, unrestricted free agent. They'll be Eagles until they die, probably. Western Bulldogs, very interesting that it says on this list, and if it's wrong, you know, I'm really sorry, but it says Bailey Smith has not re-signed yet with them. Hasn't signed his extension with Western Bulldogs, and they'd be clamoring to make sure he gets his signature on the paper with them. Given this his second year coming up, he looks really, really good. And uh, if he's out of contract, you might want to secure him really quickly. Billy Gowers spent most of the year in the VFL, and I think spent most of the year in the VFL the year after leaving them in goal kicking. So he can obviously play no spot in the team for him at the moment. I'd expect him to move on. Sam Lloyd will re-sign. He's out of contract. Jackson Trengove will re-sign. He's out of contract. Hayden Crozier, out of contract as well. I couldn't see him signing anywhere else. And Lin Jong, I think he's gone. He gets injured way too often. Can't get on the park. Out of contract end of this year. And he'll be hard-pressed to keep his spot. So, that took... That was a lot of teams. That took forever. I didn't (laughs) expect it to take that long. But, you know, I'm getting a bit dry. So... I hope that's not a symptom, is it? <laughs> Getting a bit dry, throat's a bit Uh-oh. sore. I might cough into the Are you microphone. Tired? You're always tired. I'm always tired. Anything could happen here. I've got a sore foot. <laughs> Definitely a problem. <laughs> oh no, I've got the sore foot virus. Uh, so we might leave it there this week, guys. Uh, hopefully, we've got games to talk about this time next week. If not, you'll get me talking about every Nicolas Cage movie I've ever watched. Hopefully we get games to talk about next week. (laughs) We'll at least get Thursday night by the looks of it. It's looking as though that'll go ahead. I'm really hopeful we get all of round one. And if we do, we'll have extensive coverage on themongrelpunt.com and we hope you guys head on over there and give us some hits because we don't get any any revenue from advertising. Did you know that? Yeah, we don't. We don't. I knew that. Yeah, you knew that because we don't accept sports betting uh, agencies. They're the yeah. only ones that ever offer. So if you've got a business yeah. and you're like, hey, we want a reputable, semi-professional <laughs> website, give us a yell at mongrelpunt.com and we might even put a banner Please up do. that says something about your business. We might In mention fact, them. I'll do it so that it actually is proper and professional. Yeah, I'd put it backwards. <laughs> it would like, be a message to the devil or something. Oh, All right, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. <laughs>